the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. All right, Scroll, remind me to touch upon the, the drone. The Russians ran into our drone, they knocked it down. Down goes the drone. Squirrel, you know what the range of drone prices cost the American people? Now, granted, you could buy the same drone for $50,000, you know, me and you. But when the military buys something, whew, start using commas and zeros. In the worst case scenario, it was $28 million. In the best case scenario, it was $5 million. And the drone went down, and we'll talk about the cost of protecting the Ukrainians and the oligarchs and even the Azov Battalion, which, by the way, they lost their head guy whose nickname was the serial killer. Um, he got that nickname as he was killing so many Ukrainians who spoke Russian. He's gone. Am I supposed to feel bad or good? Because I feel good about it. I don't like when Nazi serial killers pretend to be on our team. But that's for another topic. Speaking of morons pretending to be on our team, let's talk a little bit about Barney Frank. Barney Frank. $2.1 million to sit on the board of the bank that lobbied Congress to remove his law. Huh. Aspects of his law. See, because Barney, he didn't know what was in the law. Barney Frank had no idea. Neither did Chris Dodd. Chris Dodd and Barney Frank were scumbags, are scumbags, will always be scumbags. And they were assets of the banking cartels that wanted to create a law to be used when they wanted it to and that they could hire people to pay so that it was never used against them. That's what the Dodd-Frank law is. However, there was something else that was created out of the Dodd-Frank law. Numerous, numerous, numerous bureaucracies. But one of my favorite is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. What exactly is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau? Well, there's something you should know about it. You should know that it costs the American people 586, or I'm sorry, $596 million to run it. It's got 1,591 employees. What do they do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They sit in their fracking cubicles and they put on more onerous regulations on everybody. They suck off the Leviathan that is our government, and they contribute absolutely nothing. So now what we're going to witness, and you're seeing it, is that the Democrat mafia will blame Donald Trump, a former Democrat member of the mafia and financier of so many Democrat politicians. They're going to blame him for exactly what happened to banks that employed Barney Frank himself to lobby to make sure laws and regulations were removed. And no one will ask where any of the bureaucrats were. Nobody. Nobody's going to ask where the Leviathan was. The government that keeps adding regulations and bureaucracies. Da, 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 because it's all a freaking game. And you ain't in on it. Now, some liberals are trying to blame former President Trump for the Silicon. Now, Stuart Varney, I don't like him. I don't like him. 
Number one, he pretends that there are royals among us. Aside from that, they're not liberals. They're not liberals. They're Marxists. They're mafia members. They're fracking Democrats. That's all you have to say. Valley Bank collapse. Uh, Uh, How is it Trump's fault? Well, in 2018, Trump rolled back bank rules with bipartisan support. Congress increased the amount of deposit for a bank to be considered too big to fail and therefore subjected to increased regulation. So it went from 50 billion all the way to 250 billion dollars. Okay, I'm not done. (laughs) Silicon Valley Bank CEO Greg Parker and former Congressman Barney Frank. Yep who was on the board of SVB, but also responsible for Dodd-Frank, lobbied to lessen those regulations. So he was on board with this. Is that going to matter to a Democrat? No, because what the Democrat manipulation of reality is, is to create a situation that is so outrageous, it unmoors you from the fact. See, the fact is Dodd-Frank has always been a terrible law. Dodd-Frank that was passed over 12 years ago was a law that came out of nowhere by two lowlifes. Chris Dodd riddled in financial scandal, an asset of Countrywide Bank, loans out the wazoo, paying fixed interest rates that nobody could get at the time. Back when this kind of interest that we're now seeing was normalized, he was getting deals at 1% and 2%. Why? Because he was their whore. That's why. And all of a sudden, the collapse happens. And what happens? They produce a 3,000-page bill out of nowhere. Because who wrote that bill were the very players that bribed these political whores. Who wrote that bill were the very beneficiaries of not just the bailout, but the lack of competition that that would create. Now, there is an organization that I sometimes agree with and sometimes I don't. But I always respect their knowledge. It's called The Economist. I don't agree with everything they say, but they have some very, very bright people. This is one of them. His name is Tom Easton, and he's a brilliant professor. I think what the law really was, um, was a political response to... And by the way, this is one year after the law was jammed down the people's throat at 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 a cost of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions, to the people almost instantly. You can't quantify the cost when you realize that it did nothing but fail. To many political objectives and not to the financial crisis, and therefore it will probably fail to ameliorate any future crisis to come. The most evident thing that emerges from Dodd-Frank is that two components of government policy involve Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the two big agencies that are involved in mortgages in the United States, and neither of those are addressed in Dodd-Frank. Neither of the players are, were addressed. This is 10 years old and he predicted it would stop nothing it would help with nothing it would create another disaster here we are one decade later and it's almost as bad as obamacare was many people have argued that finance needed more regulation that's just frankly untrue the fact is the financial institutions of america were supervised prior to the crisis by any number of entities the fact is they did a terrible job and the fact is many of those institutions have been given more authority in the aftermath of the crisis and there's no evidence that they knew how to do the job they were doing beforehand so the argument that there needs to be more regulation of these institutions is frankly ludicrous if you look at how they were regulated before i think there's growing understanding of how terrible this law really is the single most indicting read on Dodd-Frank is to read Dodd-Frank itself. I'm going to say it will either be overtly repealed or, secondly, it will be effectively repealed. 
It will be effectively repealed because the rules that will be created under Dodd-Frank will be so arcane, will be so difficult, will be so tangled, will become such a maze of bizarre provisions that their effect will not be any law that is really Dodd-Frank. That whatever you think Dodd-Frank will be about, it will not be about in reality. And therefore, it will be effectively repealed. The problem with the debate on Dodd-Frank now is people take broad topics, like there are provisions in Dodd-Frank called consumer protection. And they sound quite sanguine when you say consumer protection. It's just two words. But if you read the consumer protection provisions, you realize it has very little to do with consumer protection and all sorts of things to do with other sorts of interests that will not help anyone. So I hope it becomes a nuanced political debate where politicians actually look at provisions and they put in front of the American public all the bizarre things that are happening in this long law. I think if people saw those bizarre provisions, then the law would be killed and that would be merciful. The problem with Professor Easton is that he thinks that you're going to have a debate based on fact. We are not debating fact with the mafia. Here's another example of that. He's absolutely a magnificent leader. He is um, younger than I am, so I don't know what the <laughs> so I don't know what the problem is, but in <laughs> but in any event. Um, uh, I hope that he will soon make some announcement. She's talking about the dementia patient in the diaper that you're pretending is the president of the United States. She's talking about this idiot here. And I'm determined once again to ban assault weapons and high capacity magazines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is how they speak. These broad strokes. They're going to help everything. And the people that vote for them are the cunning insiders who profit from it, like the bank, like the CEO who was on the San Francisco Fed, who cashed out to the tunes of tens of millions, if not more. We'll find out how much the scallywag from Silicon Valley Bank really made as they use this as a cash machine for their schemes and their ploys. And it will be bailed out by the people on the back. And this political whore who has been selling out this country for 50 years, this political whore, will somehow pretend to be helping in the same fashion that Dodd-Frank pretended to help. What we're doing today with respect to Dodd-Frank is truly important legislation. And I have to say for a Congress that they say, you know, won't be doing much because we have an election coming up. I think we're doing an awful lot when you think about it. I think we're doing an awful lot. I think we're doing more. The problem is the repeal of that law is what made it so that when Donald Trump was president, and the consumer price index came out. This is what it sounded like in 2019. Drum roll, please. February read on inflation. This time the consumer price index, as expected, rises two-tenths of one percent on headline. Uh, In the rearview mirror, no revision to last month's unchanged. Let's dig down a bit, strip out food and energy. It's halved only up one-tenth. Year over year, 1.5 year over year core. 1.5 year over year. Now it's six. And it's touted as a good CPI, a good inflationary number. 6% over the last year, which was 6.4%. And now you're normalizing the kind of failure and corruption Joe Biden has been an example of his entire fracking life so you have received through bank of america thousands of these records that go back 14 years 
one of them includes yeah, had- an associate by the name of Rob Walker. And you said last night that two months after Joe Biden left the office of the vice president. So that's January, February, what, that March of 2017, I'm guessing. Yes. Around that time, yes. he received a three million dollar wire from two people directly associated with the CCP in Beijing. What is that all about, sir? You made three million dollars from the Chinese Communist Party. Wow. And Nancy Pelosi, an inside trading political whore who her and her husband, who has a propensity to make hardware stink are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And when she comes out, nobody asks this phenomenal trader about the bank. They ask her if Joe Biden should run. Why? Because they've built a mafia over decades, and now they're raking it in. You said another name popped up. Whose name is that? Are they a relative directly tied to the family? Well, they're a Biden. Uh, I'm not going to disclose that new name. Because that uh, really changes things, because uh, what we assumed was this was just about the president's son and two brothers. But now there's a new name that's emerged. So and and they are a Biden. So we've got a problem here uh, with respect to trying to determine what exactly this family was doing uh, to to receive these transactions from China. You've got a revolving door of lobbyists and politicians. They don't write the bills. The banks write the bills. The lobbyists profit. When they're out of office, they make millions of dollars to go back and lobby to repeal laws with their fracking name on it. You do have a problem here. You have a mafia that you're pretending is a republic, and it's led by the most incompetent whores in our society. They're called Democrats. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free. On the Sean Thompson Show, on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. The idea that we allow this political whore to still pretend he's the president is what's really nauseating to me. Any one of us would be in prison if we got caught the way this scallywag has been caught. The claim, what did you discover? Well, we discovered that they got a $3 million wire... Uh, two months after Joe Biden left office, and then the very next day th- from that account, that wa- Walker account that appears to be a pass-through account, then they started wiring money to Biden family members, plural. And there were three different Biden family members that received a cut from that $3 million, including a new Biden family member that's never before been included in any of these investigations. So, Oh, come on. They're Irish. There's probably 4,000 of them all on the payroll to produce absolutely nothing. What exactly do the Bidens actually do? The media says, well, this is a Hunter Biden investigation. This is an investigation of Joe Biden. And we're investigating the Biden family. And and again, after this new batch of information, it, it expands. There are more family members involved in this than just the president's son. And what they've said in the media, oh, this was for, for business. We can't identify any business. It, it appears it went into their personal accounts. So if China's investing with the Bidens in a business, we can't find any business. They don't manufacture anything. They don't sell anything. They don't. One correction. They sell policy. They're assets of enemies, foreign and domestic. They're traitors. They're treasonous. And they need to be impeached and imprisoned. 
before they do more damage to my country. Ed in Oakbrook. Yeah, Sean, you know what a lot of people are forgetting is that uh, that freed guy was spending billions of dollars for Democrat causes, and he lost that. I mean, even that Sean Shaston scored. And then with this bank bailout, they bailed out Silicon Valley, they bailed out that bank, and he also bailed out the Democratic Party, because, because I think that's where most of the money was going for that ham sandwich of Philadelphia and that baby-killing reverend in Georgia. Ed, what they have done is turn our financial institutions as a pass-through bribery scheme, which is how they gave themselves all bonuses and all that. This is, was a Democrat cash machine. That's all it was. And when it rolled snake eyes, oh, it's going to be a bailout. This is the problem with, a, with constituents that are too stupid to understand banking because 90% of the people don't understand and they don't care. And you could buy them by selling them taglines. And they don't think about the ramifications. I mean, after all, it's the only explanation why they keep electing these whores. But here's the thing. You can't just go after China with a cudgel. You have to say we have to live on this planet together. How can we work together to save the planet? From Oh, I know how. We can bribe whores that are politicians. There's 537 people that have destroyed the principles of America that it was built upon. That's all China has to buy. 537. They were smart enough to realize who the most obvious whore was for 50 years. Joe Robinette Biden. And what's his big scheme? What's his big scheme now? What's he going to help you with? I led that fight and abandoned them in 1994. The 10 years that law was in place, mass shootings went down. Ooh, but that's the law where you threw hundreds of thousands of people in prison for carrying dope around. Now you want to fire hundreds of thousands of police, and you want to let the dope be carried around. But we can't get the truth out of you. You're a Democrat. Like cream puff, Jim. Yeah, hi, Sean. How are you? I'm thinking about fentanyl. Uh, Fentanyl Why are you apparently, about fentanyl? It's not a dessert. Well, because if we get, I had a lot of friends that were heroin addicts. A lot of oh. friends. Affected. A couple from Melrose Park that were great friends of mine. They were heroin addicts. Did you know Herbie DeRat? He was the only one I knew. And the only sure, reason sure. I never well, there, there, was a, there, was, there was plenty of them. Right. But anyway, the point, is, the point is this. Most heroin addicts would prefer heroin. But they don't want the fentanyl because the fentanyl will kill them because they, they can't figure out how much it is. The point is, it's almost like crack cocaine now. Because the Chinese and the Mexicans, apparently you have the two ingredients that should be made anywhere. It'll be made anywhere. It's never going to go away because no, it's so it, alluring. It's any, kill, gambler, any gambler will tell you the bright side of being addicted to drugs is that eventually you can overdose, whereas gambling, you just take your whole family down. Uh Cream Puff Jim, I don't think this is a choice of heroin and drug use. This is sabotage. This is an infiltration into this country to kill hundreds of thousands of people by the Chinese Communist Party, the same party that bribed the dementia patient you insist is president. You voted for, just like Lori Lightfoot in her costume, just like the gangster Ed Burke and his tiny little yard uh, uh, jockey, Mike Madigan. This is what you like. And after all, when they get caught... Don't worry, they'll give you something for nothing. All Illinois workers will soon be guaranteed at least one week of paid leave. Ooh, look at you. Celebrate your loss. Vote for a Democrat. I'll be back after this. 
He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. You wouldn't know this, squirrel. I've been to Ireland. Nobody has been mistaked for being Irish more than me. I am not Irish, but I have been to Ireland, and my name is Sean. And once on St. Patrick's Day, a friend of mine made me go to Beverly, and I got punched in the face and picked up a girl. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. In the meantime, how are you going to celebrate this St. Patty's Day? I got a guy on the line who celebrates it, who has a store dedicated to Irish outfitters. His name is Roger Devitt. Roger, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. How about yourself? Wonderful. I always thank you for uh, sponsoring, and you're an advertiser, and you got you have great stuff. In fact, your store is in Oakbrook, isn't it? It is. It's uh, Oakbrook Promenade, Butterfield, Myers Road, or or our website, Murray'sIrishOffers.com. And um, I know you're not Irish, but if you'd like to be Irish, come on in, and I can help you out with that. Well, you know, it's funny. I did. I went to Ireland, and um, I was like eight or nine years old, and I went with my parents and my grandmother. And it was my grandparents' big idea, like, to get my parents back together after five years of being separated. Yeah. And so it lasted where my mother and father were checked into a room for about two and a half hours. Then I spent the rest of the trip with my father, and he was arguing with my mother, and we went to the pub. And at that time, people don't realize this. I'm going back to the 70s. The sure. father, whatever he drank, the kid got a portion the of it. The kid And by the end of the day, the kids and the dogs were laying in the corner of the pub, and the old men were fighting in the parking lot. It was fantastic. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Still the same today. So I had the sweater when I was nine. It was an incredible sweater, honestly. I had the sweater. I had the hat. And you could go out in the winter in the sweater. It was absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. We've got those in stock, uh, the hats and the sweaters. Uh, Wear mine all the time. Very durable. Nice and warm. Well, they have colors. to be. You're living outside, and you got a good chance of getting in a fight with 16 guys. They have to be durable. You can't that, just put those on right. anybody. That's right. They'll take a, yes. They'll take a couple punches as well. <laughs> so uh, this is a big. This is big month. This is game time. This is Super Bowl for the Irish. This is this is our uh, Christmas for us. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're well stocked on on all the goods, jewelry, sportswear. We got gifts. We we sell gifts year round for birthdays, anniversaries, weddings. Yeah, you name it. Now, does it help to to uh, be drinking on St. Patrick's Day when everybody realizes you're pretty much celebrating an Italian? <laughs> an Italian, and, and not only that, you know, but back in back in the days, uh, in the, the pubs in Ireland were were closed because it was a holy day. So, really? uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a, a lot day of domestic violence there. then. Then they just opened up the pubs. They figured let the men beat the hell out of each other. It was probably a smart move for marriages. <laughs> it helped out a little bit there. So. so tell us a little bit about St. Patty's Day, because, you know, my understanding is uh, St. Pat came to Ireland and he chased out all the Democrats. He, he tried to chase out those Democrats best he could. Yeah. Uh, you know, a long time ago, yeah, he was, he, was, uh, he was kidnapped from Ireland and then made his way back and uh, spent his time walking around Ireland uh, um, teaching Christianity. So that's why you'll have the Shamrock, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, yes. you're a good Catholic boy. I was. I'm, in I fact, no we part, went to so. kiss the Blarney Stone. This is a true story. And we're in line to kiss the Blarney Stone. The old man smoking camels. My mother smoking parliaments. And the guy holding the women over, to, to, to holding everybody over to kiss the Blarney Stone. There was a woman there who was built like Pritzker and had the audacity to wear a skirt. 
So he's got her by the ankles, and the bloomers are hanging out. It looked like a flag without any symbols on it. And uh, my father looks at me. He says, well, he's obviously going to be tired. Let's come back later. And I never kissed the Blarney Stone because the fat lady oh, ruined boy. it for me. Damn it. I think that's why I don't like fat one people. The, <laughs> it's one of the true tourist, tourist stops to go to. Now, do you go back? Have you been there yourself? I, I've been there numerous times. I just got back. Uh, I was back there in the end of January. Uh, had a marvelous seven, eight days there, uh, buying buying our goods and uh, chasing down some relatives. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, if I remember correctly, the one reason I really do like the people who don't leave Ireland very much because you know they don't come here and vote Democrat, so I like them way better than the Chicago Democrats normally. They're Chicago Irish. But the other thing is they're not fans of those pretend blue bloods, those big ear. Marrying first cousins, kicking out kids that look like Prince Charles. They don't like the English, do they? Uh, they're not that fond of the English. You know, it's it's yeah. uh, northern Northern Ireland still controlled by the English and everything. Beautiful country up there, but uh, yeah, the, the government's still ruling over there. So a vast majority of the jobs are government jobs in the north. Now the rumor was when I grew up, because you, know, you got some pretty people in Ireland. The women are. Stunning. Beautiful women. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful women. Right skin and the auburn hair. I mean, absolutely lovely. But my yes. understanding was the ones that are really pretty, you can trace them all the way back to when the Vikings came there and kicked everyone's ass. Do you think that's true? Uh, you know, t- tough, tough to know because, I mean, those burly right. Vikings, you know, you would think yeah. the girls would come out with chin on their hair. I, <laughs> anyway, listen, I, I can't thank you enough, and I love the store. Whenever I'm in town, I do, you know, because we got to spend a lot of time in Oak Brook, and uh, I love the store. I love it. So yeah, the, the give me the address, give me the phone number, give me the website, give me it all. Uh, 3021 Butterfield Road, Oak Brook, uh, 630-572-1520, and it's murraysirishoutfitters.com. Roger, I love when you come on there. You always have an open forum. And uh, if you're hungover, you can come on and tell us how you survived St. Patty's Day. All right? I will do, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back with the rest of your calls and comments after this. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. Notre Dame? Do you remember when uh, Barack Obama went to Notre Dame and they covered up the religious Jesus and all that? Remember that? God, what a sick, sick turn this country took right after 2008. And we're still, we're still reeling from that. And now we've got the vice president of Barack. He likes big butts and he cannot lie. The most obvious political who this country's ever had. Illegitimate, election-stealing, short-in-the-trousers mafia member. On any real estate, we don't know what the business is. You know, my theory is it's influence peddling. And if you so, think so? That, that's wrong. That's what we call it. Right, it only took this idiot two and a half years to catch up. Ooh, look at you. For an agent, uh, there are rules with who could be foreign agents, and you have to be registered to be foreign agent. So you- I think that's the part that's sickening, too. So if, if they would have registered to be foreign agents, this would be legal? Man, oh, man. Maybe that's the problem. The regulations in place and those who are connected to the political pimps and whores that can maneuver it. George, Naperville. 
Sean, it sounds like there's a lot of Bidens out there. Do you think any identitarians identify as Biden family members just to get some of that Chinese cash? After I... all, Biden doesn't even know how many grandkids he has. Well, wait a minute. On St. Patrick's Day, you're going to have a lot more people pretend to be Irish for just a drink. I think you can get anybody to do anything for a few million dollars. Teresa on the Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. Hi, Horn. Um, I'm good. How are you? Splendid. Good. I was listening to your interview with Roger, and it reminded me of when I lived in L.A., there's a place I used to go called Timmy Nolan's. It's on Riverside Drive in Toluca Lake. And they would open at 8 a.m. on St. Patrick's Day, and people would be in line around the block on Riverside Drive from 3 a.m. on. And they would just go around the clock. And it was great. It was so much fun, but I never did that. I'm, when I was like, a kid no, on Fox Lake, we, there used to be a place called Blarney's Island. And the, and, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And the girls would put their underwear up on the, uh, on the wall and whatnot. You remember that? The dollar bills. I saw my first Democrat boob there. I know she was a Democrat because I'm pretty <laughs> sure she tried to pay her tab with a food stamp. Thank you very much, <laughs> Teresa. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime. What's going on? Hello? Yeah. Okay. Listen, this whole thing with red boob at Blarney's Island, by any chance? I didn't see it and everything like that, but I'll tell you what. uh, Yeah, you know, might not be too. Yeah. Freckles. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. No, this whole thing. So first, you know, the Chinese, they're flying the the, uh, surveillance balloons over and doing all this kind of thing and uh, nothing happens. But here's the thing. When uh, when uh, we had that surveillance, that uh, uh, Reaper over there doing surveillance and all that kind of thing, uh, Russia didn't think nothing of sending up a jet and knocking that thing out of the air. Now, I'm going to tell you something. From my point of view, our enemies do not respect us. They don't have any kind of uh, – they don't care about this uh, diapers Biden. They know they can do whatever they want because I don't think that would have ever happened with Trump in that way or pretty much anybody else. But – this it's is, the difference between that, having a man in office and a dimwit. I mean, it's, that's the difference. I mean, everyone knows Joe Biden is sick. Only the Democrats are the ones that pretend this guy's still a man. He's not. It's a shame. He's not. Uh, but before he, 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 before he was uh, cursed with dementia, he was just a political whore. And those, those residuals are still coming in. In the meantime, let's see what... Uh, the man would. Let's see what the man said last night. One thing: if I was a basketball coach, I'd be the. Oh no! Wait, wait. And by the way, you know what we're going to do a little bit later if we have a little time left, which I think we will. We'll take a few questions. Does anybody want to answer? You can ask me anything you want. Unlike Biden, you can ask me whatever the hell you want. Boy, that's something you can't do. Joe Biden runs away, and then there's another thing. Aside from countries that don't respect Joe Biden, who really doesn't respect Joe Biden? The drug dealing scum. Now, there, I, there, there's a couple of reasons I think they don't respect them. Number one, they own the Democrat Party in these big sewer states and sewer cities. They own them. They contribute to the campaign of all the little ticky tack mayors and all their men and all the rest of it. But they don't fear even in getting caught because the Democrat penalties are what exactly? Nothing. Look at Illinois. What do you get? Nothing. Instead, they only fear men. I will ask Congress to pass legislation ensuring that drug smugglers and human traffickers receive the death penalty. The drug cartels and their allies in the Biden administration have the blood of countless millions on their hands. Millions and millions of families and people are being destroyed. 
To me, the only question is, are there more tens of millions of Americans that were affected by Joe Biden's border policies or fake votes that put him in office? Which is the real answer? We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Ta-da! That's why I'm not too uh, excited about the next election. This country should have a no-confidence vote. This country, if the, if the politicians who have the evidence, the prima facie evidence to remove the most obvious political whore this country's ever had in any office, if they're not willing to impeach him, then let the people have a no-confidence vote. Because the other reality is, as he sits there daily, he weakens the principles of this country. And he's going after the main one, and everybody... Everybody knows it. Well, President Biden sent to set to sign an executive order today to increase background checks on guns. The White House says it will direct the attorney general to clarify part of that bipartisan gun legislation the president signed last year. That will be to disarm law abiding Americans. That w- that's against me. That isn't against the cartel members. That isn't against the street gangs that move the product. That isn't against the people who are responsible for over 130,000 deaths of fentanyl. Not a one of them will be affected by this. Only we will. Because Joe Biden doesn't represent Americans. He represents enemies, foreign and domestic, because he's a whore. And not only that, he's clearly got dementia. I'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. The only economic system that ever built a country to be a superpower is the economic system of private property. It's called propertyism, often referred to as capitalism. The problem is the American people have allowed the concept of capitalism to be bastardized by corporatism. They've backdoor nationalized every sector of our economy. And in there lies the problem. Because the people who make the rules are pliable whores who you can buy. That's our system of an economy. That is why the stock market, in my opinion, rallies when all indications are it should be in the turlet where Joe Biden's dentures are. In the meantime, I want to get answers. I go to smart people. My next guest is somebody with 30 years of experience in professional investment banking. Started out... At Merrill Lynch and J.P. Morgan, he is the founder, principal at Bull and Bear Profits. His name is John Wolfenbarger. John, how are you? Sean, thank you so much for having me back. It's always great to talk to you. Oh, a I true looking... freedom lover, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, and I was looking forward to this because I'm, I'm listening to these whores and these pimps who've destroyed my system, who implement and allow banks to write laws and then they put political whore's name on it then they go and work as lobbyists it's infuriating and now you have a bank that was touted as not only sound but a buy by the idiot jim kramer just three and a half weeks ago and it closes it's the 16th largest bank followed by the number three and barney 
uh, Frank sits on the board. It's insanity to me, brother. How does this happen to my country? And why are these talking mannequins, these propagandists of the Leviathan called reporters, not discussing the issues at hand? It's incredible. Well, basically, Washington gets bought off by money and banks and the banking system and the Federal Reserve, they can create money out of thin air. They're the only institutions in society that can create money out of thin air. If you and I tried to do it, we would go to jail for counterfeiting. So these these banks and the, the Federal Reserve, which is the cartelization device for the banks that exists to bail out the banks, they can print money out of thin air. And they do that to uh, bail themselves out when things go wrong and make a ton of money when things go right. And the problem is this, this is a tax on us, the people. It causes inflation, which is the most insidious tax on, on all of us. We're all suffering from lower real wages after we pay for our, our grocery bills and our gasoline and our living expenses. So it causes inflation as well as the boom and bust business cycle. So that, that's the biggest problem we face, I think, economically and also in terms of freedom, because... Whoever controls the money ultimately controls politics and controls our lives. John, I was doing a little research yesterday. I was aware that FDR is really the reason of so many of our problems. But I, um, I knew he had implemented the idea of fractional lending, but it really started out at 80-20. Now we're boiled down to 10, and that's only in d- deposits that are less than $500,000. Then it even goes to 14. I mean, isn't it the system itself that set itself up to always be bailed out because within that fractional lending rule, automatically this becomes the problem of society and banks are merely pass-through organizations, aren't they? Yes, that's right. Yeah, money is just a medium of exchange and banks are really just meant, you know, originally, you know, banks started a long time ago and they were just for a place for people to store their money, like a warehouse. And they people used to get a warehouse receipt essentially saying, okay, you've deposited you know, 100 ounces of gold, and we're going to keep it here in this warehouse, and you can come get it any time. And then over time, bankers realized people weren't getting their money every single day, so they would start lending out other people's money, which is essentially a form of, of fraud, if you or I did it. So using other people's money, lending it out, and then this led to banking crises and business cycles, et cetera, over the years. And then you had central banks created. These are government institutions. The Federal Reserve was created in 1913. And their primary purpose is to just create money out of thin air and buy out the problem loans, buy out the problem investments of banks and uh, rescue them when things go when things go wrong. So banks make a ton of money in good times. And when things go bad, they just get bailed out by the central bank. So it is the system that's been created. It's a again, it's a legal right that banks have to create money out of thin air, which no other uh, business has that right. And most people don't know if they all went to the bank to get their money, the bank wouldn't have their money. The bank would go instantly bankrupt. So all banks are technically bankrupt at all times. All it takes is enough people trying to get their money out. (laughs) And yet the stock market rallies, John. How is the stock market up today? Can somebody explain? I've I've called it a corruption index. I started calling it after uh, George Bush did. I mean, it really is a corruption index. It's up because they know we're going to do this and less people are going to be upset about it than they were in 08, right? Yes. Well, the stock market's crazy, first of all. Uh, It's driven by greed and fear and and human emotions, ultimately. And so, you know, any given day, it's going to do something crazy. I think we're heading into a major global recession. You know, if you look, uh, money supply in the U.S. is actually declining now. It's one of the first times it's ever happened. 
and money supply is, is, is very weak throughout the world. So we have rising interest rates, we have an inverted yield curve, leading economic indicators. They're all saying a recession may have already started. If it hasn't already started, it's going to start soon. So I think we're going to have a global recession. I don't think there's anything at this point that the Fed could do to stop that. You recall during the last two uh, bear markets and recessions, the Fed cut interest rates the entire time. It didn't stop the Great Recession. It didn't stop the tech bust in the early 2000s. I think it's too late for the Fed to prevent a recession at this point. So I think stocks and other risk assets have a lot more downside from here. I'd say at least 20, maybe more like 40% downside or so from here. I don't think they, the Fed can stop that. But yes, on a day-to-day basis, people get excited that maybe the Fed is going to you know, bail us all out and save the day and, uh, and print money. But the problem is with inflation, it's at 6% now. And um, the Fed knows if they, if they let up on, the, you know, on tightening interest rates, then inflation could go over 10%. And then you could, have, you could have interest rates on the government debt over 10%, which would be an enormous financial, economic, and political crisis because interest expense on the debt would would swamp all other spending, and, and they yes. know that would just be an unbearable disaster. At the same time, the country is up against what is an imaginary, which doesn't mean anything, because Janet Yellen, elected by nobody, circumvents the debt ceiling for six months, which is the, another insanity. Um, but the other thing, too, is isn't this kind of our fault the way we look at it? Because it, we call it inflation, and that has that word carries with it an sense, a, a, a sense of something getting bigger. But the reality mm-hmm. is, the, the, what inflation is, is the devaluation of our currency, our dollar. So no matter right. what you had right. in the bank. It's the lowering of living standards. And it's every day. And it's every day. And here we are just two years into the Biden administration, just two years. And you can argue that through their Cook numbers, we're at 14 to 15 percent. If you really were an ordinary person, an ordinary man, you're experiencing 25 percent. 30%. It depends on what your needs are and if you are on welfare mm-hmm. or not. So ultimately, this cannot continue. Or or can a war promote the kind of cover that this financial fraud needs? Well, that would be, <laughs> that would be a disaster. <laughs> Go I want to get you on yeah. Answer that, I yeah, dare you. Nuclear war, yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah. but, but we wouldn't worry about idea. banks if nuclear war was going on. And this idea that we're fighting these kind of wars, when you're fighting them with nuclear powers, kind of tells you that all countries need this cover. This is now a scheme where the American government, I think, has taught governments around the world how to cover the financial backdoor nationalization of the economy. Because if they control banking, if they control uh, energy, if they control the ebb and flow and velocity of money and can shut it off like a light switch and imitate it when they want, Aren't we just a socialist country anyway? Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the planks uh, that Karl Marx set out to, to socialize the country was uh, control of the, the money and banking system. And, we've, and the government's had control of money and banking for over 100 years now. So, and, and that's really the biggest problem we face. And by being able to print money out of thin air, imagine if you could do that. You can start any war you want. You can build any kind of amazing weapon you want. You can buy off foreign countries if you want. You can you know, bribe dictators. You can do all kinds of, of things by being able to create money out of thin air. That's why I say, you know, you know if, all, if, all, if the government could only spend money that they could raise in taxes, then they couldn't raise that much money because people would eventually say enough is enough on taxes. 
But money and banking is complicated enough and inflation is, you know, invisible enough where people don't really understand it. And they, you know, the government can blame greedy businessmen and greedy corporations and greedy oil companies and that thing. And, uh, and in but, there yeah, is the it, real problem. You see, I, I'm in my 50s. But when I was a young kid, men of all, all job titles, men of every income level, knew the principal fundamentals of, of an economy. I, am, I, I, I have to come to the conclusion that 80% of our fellow Americans have no concept of what is going on, the bastardization of our, of our currency, the bastardization of our policy. And they've set themselves up through ignorance to be taken advantage of and turned into the serfs that we now are. Because the other part of Karl Marx that's very important is the progressive tax system that is controlled by the political body that can point at a whim that tax system against its enemies. And Joe Biden and the Democrats know that that's what they are going to do. It's what they have done. It's what we know happened in 2013. Absolute evidence. And the guarantee is that that agency will get bigger and more powerful, just like the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And I still don't know what the hell they do. Do you, John? (laughs) No. A government entity, entity, their whole goal is to always get bigger and bigger. That's their whole goal. So do you think another plank of Karl Marx was... Oh, go ahead. I was going to uh, say, another plank of Karl Marx was uh, was public education, and this, you know, public schools are not going to teach people how money is created out of thin air and how inflation, you know, robs them of their standard of living. We're, we're not taught those things in school. You have to you have to do a lot of research to learn all about that. Why is it you think that the opposition to the mafia is it because the Republicans have have it have a duopoly? Because well, I I have to tell you, the Democrats that I knew back in the eighties and the seventies and even the nineties were people that didn't want this kind of corruption, number one, but war policy, Mm -hmm. number two. I'm amazed to watch the Democrat mafia, the Democrat in general, support an open, frauded foreign policy of corruption. Do you think that maybe that is an an assumption I'm making because the media is controlling that and that maybe there are enough people who might have considered themselves Democrats 25 years ago who are sickened by what they see today, and all we need is an organization to come together and organize the people? I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think this whole culture war and everything, it's meant to divide people. And if we really saw who the common enemy was, which was, you know, uh, politicians and the bureaucrats who were taking our money, taking our freedom, then we could, uh, we could, you know, we could form, you know, common bonds and help overthrow this, uh, this tyranny we're facing. And I, I do think a lot of Democrats just go along with it, particularly when a Democratic president is waging wars. You know, when Obama was bombing people every day, Democrats said, oh, well, it's OK. He's, he's Democrat. It's OK. So I think it's really all about being in power. But um, but I think in their heart of hearts, most people understand that war and killing innocent people is, is not the right thing to do. And it's not good for anybody. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think most people are, are decent people. And if you really ask them. They generally don't support war, but when their person is in power, their team is in power, they don't, they don't fight against it. I had a, a wonderful woman call me yesterday, and she was talking to me that she had been heavily invested in the bond market, and she got caught in the inverse uh, action of long-term bonds, and uh, she asked me for advice. Well, I don't do that anymore. I mean, I, I'm not, my license is gone and the rest of it, and I had told her what I do, and that is I don't buy into the scheme. But when you see a day like today, 
Am I giving the wrong advice? Am I doing the wrong thing? I mean, should you just bet on the corruption? I mean, what do you tell somebody? Where do you put your money? Because I don't see anything that's growing because it's making new decisions and it's uh, delivering a good that people need. I see corrupt entities that are quasi-government liaisons that are making money. Right. What do you do with money if you have any? Well, yeah, if you want to invest ethically, it's really hard. You know, for example, investing in you know, Twitter, Google that censors, you know, free speech and that kind of thing. That's very hard. You know, Meta, Facebook, et cetera. That's very hard. Um, no, I agree. I mean, I think right now the, the best place for most people to be, unless they want to be really speculative, is just to put, just to put money in a money market fund or treasury bills. You can earn, you know, four or five percent. Yeah without doing anything. And that's, no, that's not bad. It's still lower in that inflation, but it, it's not, it's not a terrible thing to do. You know, what I do is, yeah, the whole system is corrupt, but you can look at these. If you look at money supply and what the Fed is actually doing, again, money supply is shrinking now. You know, it grew 40% after COVID. That was a sign that every crazy thing in the world is going to go up and you could buy every crazy thing. But now money supply is shrinking. And, um, you know, I think markets, the trend is down. I think it's going to go down a lot more. And the way you make money with that is you can buy inverse ETFs. We've talked about this. SH is one uh, that, you know, is basically yeah. moves the opposite direction of the S&P 500. And that's yeah. where I think, you know, you can make uh, some good money during the spare market. Have you ever given any thought to starting a scallywag hedge fund and you invest just constantly in big pharma, the military industrial complex, and you have a condor <laughs> where you're always buying eco-Nazi companies? <laughs> have you thought about this? Because we're missing out on a damn boat. <laughs> that would be. That's where the easy money is. You're right. The scallywag yeah. condor. I say we copyright that. Yeah. In the meantime, <laughs> when I have these questions, I do go to Bull and Bear Profits. Uh, I saw you wrote in Von Mises, but where can the people go to see uh, John Wolfenbarger and the team at Bull and Bear Profits? Where do you go? Great. Thank you very much. Yeah, bullandbearprofits.com is my website. Everything is completely free. So I try to distill my 30 years of investment education. I have an MBA. I have a CFA, et cetera. And everything I've learned about predicting the boom and bust business cycle and bull and bear markets, and then showing you how to profit from that. So I have free webinars, free special reports, et cetera. I think it's a, it's a you know, great place for people to learn about investing and make money during this, in this crazy world we live in. One thing I want to say to you before I let you go. Uh, in the city of Chicago, which was once a great city, it's now a barren wasteland of something out of Mad Max, <laughs> um, there used to be a financial headquarters there called the Mercantile Exchange and the Board of Trade. They merged. You know the story. But there are 5 million square feet that are vacant in the financial district. How long do you think before the CME wises up and pulls out? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's amazing. I mean, yeah, I think the next big disaster is, corp is commercial real estate. Oh. And that's where... That's where banks have a ton of exposure. You know, we had residential real estate was the problem in the Great Recession. I think this is going to be the greater recession. And I think commercial real estate is uh, probably ground zero for that. I'll so, bet you a good cigar that the answer by the government <laughs> is to turn those buildings into section and housing. Not. You want any action? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, not betting you, I'm not betting against you on that. You're too smart. John Wolfenbarger, thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. Take care. Keep up the good fight. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Cannot believe how fast this show's going. Who the dimwit signs and executive orders meant 
to boost background checks. That's not what it's meant to do. It's meant to give your doctor the power to take away your Second Amendment right. It's meant to give your neighbor the power to take away your Second Amendment right. You don't fool me, mafia, you idiot. Your dimwit look on your dead man hair sewn to your head. Jim in Campton Hills. <laughs> Hello, Sean. How are you? Splendid, Jim. Sean, outstanding. Thought-provoking broadcast as always. Oh. Two points. One is a good Irish joke, and two is your guest had a great idea about using ETFs and verse ET- exchange-traded funds and verse-related, which means they go opposite the indices. But I think he said leveraged inversed uh, ETFs. And the problem with leveraged reversed ETFs is that you can leverage the market action by 100%, 200%, sometimes as much as 500%. Yeah. And so as a result, they, they move dramatically, very you quickly. You shorts over- down. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right, so now, now, now give me the joke, but hold on now. Squirrel, put your hand on the button. All right, go ahead. No, no, no swearing. Okay. Honey, all right. honey buddy passed it. So, all right. so all right. my, my mom's name was Ryan, her maiden name, and her grandmother's name was Walsh. So I'm going to give you and all of our listeners, your listeners, the I- Walsh-Ryan Irish bean soup recipe. Do you have a piece of paper and pencil? Okay. I do. 200... 239, just write down those three digits, 239. And you know why that's so vital, so important, Sean? Why? Just one more bean. That soup, those beans would be too farty. <laughs> ah, that's <laughs> all Nice, clean hey, joke. Drum roll. Thank you. Jim from Captain Hill. Thank you, Jim. Oh, I cut him off, but that's all right. Dave in Plainfield. <laughs> How are you, Dave? Hey, I'm good, Sean. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I've been hearing a lot about the banks and how they're failing. I want to ask you, are credit unions also involved in any of this? Credit unions are non-for-profit. Banks are for-profit. That's the main theoretical difference. But as any Pritzker will tell you, there's nothing more profitable than a non-for-profit. Hmm. Yeah. So would my money be safer in a credit union, you think? Theoretically. Or I take it out and stuff my mattress? Theoretically. Well, I'm going to tell you what I, I – and I mean this, Dave. You know, I, I, had the, I had the wonderful lady from California call me. And what I want to tell her is buy very good real estate in very good areas. That's the perfect hedge, especially yeah. if you can monetize that real estate on a short-term basis. That's why I sell it in Florida. But, I, you know, I don't want to plug what I do. But the reality is I do that because it is the perfect place to put your money. And you have other advantages to that, to owning real estate. Not to mention you can always take money against real estate. And the better the real estate, the easier it is to take the money. So to me, I, I don't go, I don't put my money in the market anymore. I don't. I put it in real Good estate. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. And I like, I, like the, I like that it's illiquid in, in one aspect because it's unique, right? And the uniqueness is how you monetize it. So to me, that's the perfect investment. But that's just me. That's my personal opinion. I don't like the idea that these crooked bastards can pick and choose winners and losers, front run, pump and dump, and do all the things that they call trading. I don't like it. And that's why I specifically don't like front runners like Ken Griffin. I don't like him. Thank you, Dave. Uh, thank you. And we might as well give Ken Griffin a shot. Anybody that gives little dick Richard Irvin any money, you're not my kind of guy, front runner. Uh, Don in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, when I was in uh, Kiev in Ukraine, right after the Russians left, we were walking down the streets, and, and after they had commies took everybody's homes away, they built these big, giant, like, uh, uh, project homes, like you see in Chicago, but they were all concrete. And 
running along the sidewalk were these big four in four foot diameter pipes, iron pipes. And you had to take a stairway to get over them to get in each building. They went in the building, came out the other side, and then into the next building. And I asked the interpreter, what are these for? And he says, everything inside that pipe, they have a bunch of other pipes. They have water, they have a sewer, they have electricity, they have the gas. Everything runs through those. And he goes, and every once in a while, especially in the winter, the government would just turn off everything just to show you they're in charge. If the, if the, if the government gets in control of our banking system, they're going to do the same thing. They're yes. going to just shut off our money. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, listen, they can do that now. You know, that's the thing they can do now. And who made that pop- possible? I Listen, you know I can't stand the Democrat mafia. But who made that possible was the Republican mafia. You could yeah. thank George W. Bush for that, that stupid son of a dog. Thank you very much. Appreciate the call. Give me a little George Bush, shall we? We must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. <laughs> it's the best. You freaking moron. Uh, Greg and LaGrange. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Good. How are you, bro? Um, the thing about those betting against the market like that, I mean, you got to be, you have to time it perfectly. And how do you time something that's not on the level? Oh, that's why a lot of options expire worthless. In fact, I think it's 90% of them. But, you, you know, listen, when they hit, whoo, you're going to Sizzler. So here's here's the point, you know. I a couple of weeks ago I I saw something written on the on an Illinois blog about how there's a bill in the house that will allow children to say that their parents are bullying them. Yeah. And electing their children against the state against their parents. Yeah, Lashawn Ford's bill. Thing, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same thing that you're seeing now with this executive order, and it's the same thing. If you go back and read your Soviet history, because I I'm an Eastern European. So I know all about my country getting trashed a few times by East and West powers. And I know all about the tricks that they use, especially the Stalinists. They're not communists or Stalinists. Yeah, and they kept people Leninist. on the edge of their seat, fearful, always worried about what the next person would say to them and who they'd say it to. And that's where we're headed. You can see it like this. And it's, there's only one way to combat it. It's to fight it at the local levels and just mm-hmm. push back. Because yeah. you're right, you're you're right. That Second Amendment, they get rid of that Second Amendment and go digital currency. Game over. You're a slave. Yeah, yeah. And well, they're gonna they're gonna undermine. This is what the Democrat scourge do. They sell a bill like LaShawn Ford, who's a moron. Not only is he a moron, he proved himself a moron in the morning show, and you could go back and listen to he called in to Dan and Amy. Not only is he a moron, but LaShawn Ford is another Democrat mafia member riddled in scandal. He was involved in taking his campaign money and paying off the casino, the boats. Oh, now you're going to tell me how to raise my kid? Shut your mouth, scallywag. And be happy nobody points out that you're nothing more than a two-bit whore who's dying to be the pimp. Yeah, Greg, they don't fool me. Like Joe Biden. It doesn't fool me where this bill's going. And today in Monterey Park, California, President Biden signs a new executive order aimed at reducing gun violence by increasing the number of background checks. The order comes after a January shooting in Monterey Park killed 11 people and injured nine others. ABC's Ike Jachi has more on this. Now, is this I, the one that was the Chinese guy? The same country that, that bribes the Biden family? Was that the Chinese guy? I can't keep it straight. What's in this executive order? What is the president aiming to do here? 
Well, Diane, the Biden administration hopes this new executive order will first increase the number of background checks given before firearm sales. Recent polling shows a large majority of Americans support universal background checks. And a senior administration official say the new directive, it's aimed at bringing gun sellers who are willfully selling guns without background checks into compliance. But it'll also clarify the language to alert sellers who may not realize that they, too, must run background checks. Now, now that all sounds pretty benign, right? It's nothing to worry about. They like to bury it. They bury what the real intention is on page two, knowing that the people who vote Democrat, they don't get past paragraph two, let alone page two. Biden will call on his cabinet to encourage the safe storage of firearms. Biden plans to expend federal campaigns promoting red flag laws by partnering with law enforcement, health care providers, educators, and other community members. So... Healthcare providers, doctors, nurses, can ask your kids, say they don't like your attitude. You, you argued against their bill. Red flag, take away the guns. Educators, wait a minute. You mean the ones that are teaching five-year-olds about anal sex? You mean those scum, those big chubby red shirt-wearing communists in Chicago that can't say the word ask, that promote Marxism, Leninism? Stalinism and Trotskyites? You mean those idiots? So they, they don't like me. So now, you know, I, I, I got a red flag. I think he's dangerous. That's why, squirrel, ask me how many guns I have. Ask me. How many guns you have? Zero. I got nothing. None. Now what? Because I'm an American. I have the right to my privacy, you rat bastards. And first you make everyone follow the rules. Then you take those rules and you use it against their unalienable rights. Don't worry, baby. I could build one in seconds. And what I have is none of your fracking business. You don't fool me one iota. That's why now I am a proud Floridian. Now, there's some downside to that. Granted, I don't get free week of vacation. Today, Governor J.B. Pritzker signed the Paid Leave for All Workers Act. It provides employees with up to 40 hours of paid leave over a year. It will go into effect in the start of next year. It would require employers to give workers time off based on the hours worked to be used for any reason, not just for health reasons. He's like a St. Patrick squirrel. He's a Pied Piper to welfare roaches. Now, everybody follow this fat bastard down the road to surf them. Too many people can't afford to miss even a day's pay. But then crises arise. But what about the butter-handed trust fund babies who had grandfathers? Grandpa Abe. Good old Grandpa Abe. Where did Grandpa Abe get his money? See, back when Grandpa Abe was buying real estate, nobody got to find out who financed it. Who financed it? Was it called the waiter? Who financed it? Sometimes seemingly small, sometimes catastrophic. Oh, I think it was the waiter. Yes, I do. And then the nice thing about being financed by guys with nicknames, like the waiter, is when they die or go to jail, who comes for the money? Nobody. And that's how you build an empire. Right, Fetzo? 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Good news, squirrel. China's about to reopen their borders to foreign tourists for the first time in three years. Ooh. Let's visit where Dr. Fauci financed the greatest bioweapon used on the planet Earth. And what are our Republicans doing? Our Republicans, our, our representatives, 
are Republican senators. What is somebody who's a sugar lobby whore? Like giant ears Marco, Marco Rubio. What's he doing? Well, we're one of the few countries on earth that continues to do this ritual of springing forward and falling back and changing our clock twice a year. That makes no sense. It's time to end it. I think we should pick one and stick with it. I think they... Wait a minute, Marco, you moron. With everything going on in the, in, in the country right now, with everything we face, you're not advocating for impeachment. You're not investigating the crimes of Big Pharma or the origins of the greatest bioweapon and his founding father, Fauci. You're not doing any of that? You're worried about the fracking time? You stupid son of a dog. Come on, man. Yeah. Sugar lobby whore. Sugar lobby. They bribed this big-eared bastard. They bribe him. And in the meantime, the red tide makes my legs break out when I walk on the beach. Bastard. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. How are you tonight? I'm wonderful. You're wonderful? Good. Yeah. yeah. I, listen, uh, I wanted to talk about the inflation. They said it's going down. And what is it down to? Like about six now? But that's a lie, too, because that doesn't include food or energy. Brother, I played the clip you know, when Donald Trump the, was it president. It was 1.5% year over year. 1.5. Right. But he keeps saying he inherited it. <laughs> what did he inherit? He inherited high uh, inflation. He but inherited I'm saying, how to be a scumbag from his father who was a scumbag before him. Well, exactly. The, uh, the uh, energy prices, the ga- uh, gasoline that we pay, uh, the amount of money we uh, have to pay to heat our houses, and they're saying it's going down. If they were to add in the uh, food and energy, that, that figure would probably be over 11. Absolutely. That's why, uh, I, said that to, that's why I said it to John. If you factored it right. in, in, into what people actually cost, you're well over 11. You're probably closer to yeah, 12. But why don't they? Because they need to perpetrate the scam. They need to keep the savages complacent. That's why you have a welfare system that grows far greater than any jobs numbers. That's why more people are on welfare and subsidized than at any time in this country. Unimaginable amounts of people are getting their sustenance from government. And that's how you destroy yeah, a country from within. That's why when I say Joe Biden is, is an asset of enemies foreign and domestic, the domestic are the profiteers of policy, the front-running scumbags on K Street who thrive when Main Street is boarded up. But that's what Democrats vote for. They just want more days off like in Illinois. And you don't mind that this butter-handed trust fund whore is destroying the quality of your life. You get more free rent. Thank you very much for the call. Bob in Buffalo Grove. Uh, good afternoon, Sean. I heard your comments about the Merck, and I'm kind of curious of what you're thinking about their future. I have a connection to them in the sense that uh, 40 years ago I helped design their uh, new headquarters over on Wacker. That's where I used they to had go. The, I loved that building. They had the two biggest uh, trading floors yeah. in, the, in the country, and then about 15 years ago, uh, they decided to move and, what, merge with the um, Board of Trade, leaving all those trading floors empty. Yes. So what's going on now at the Board of Trade then? Well, Terry uh, Duffy's wife moving? got carjacked, and hopefully Terry Duffy will do the right thing for his shareholders, of which I am no longer one. But hopefully he will do the right thing and do what th- what should be done and take it and flip it over to, to Florida and leave. Because they're going to abuse you, they're going to tax you, because that's their game. They're Marxists. They hate what you represent anyway. You represent the kind of system that could take somebody from poverty and make them rich without bribing a politician. And Democrats hate that. 
But the good news is I was able to take advantage of it before they shut it down. That's all that really matters. And I got to see how it really works. And the reason all the American oligarchs and the pretend elitists and the idiots with their college diploma hate guys like me. Because we proved we didn't need government to make money. We didn't need them. But they had to break our system. Because now you do. Pick an area where you don't need these whores. Because it's not even worth being the pimp. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Last week... We were talking about the scandal that is our government. I identified years ago as part of the reason I have this show. We have a duopoly of corruption, corporatism instead of capitalism, mafia government. The reason that I've come to those conclusions is because I have been a fan of investigative reporters for decades. The problem is we have too few, but the ones we have left are excellent. There's a simple analogy out there. What do Penny Pritzker... Daly, Richard J. Daly, and Prescott Bush, brother to George W. Bush, all have in common. They were all paid by somebody named Wong Shun, a Chinese communist member. Where did I find that? In a book that is phenomenal called Secret Empires. The investigative reporting that I truly admire is the kind of reporting that doesn't do it from a political slant, but just from a principle of right and wrong. Nobody embodies that more than Peter Schweitzer and his team. My next guest is his right hand. He is Eric Eggers. Eric, thank you for joining me. How are you? Sean, it's great to be with you. How are you tonight? Well, I've been a big fan of yours for years and years and years because you have been doing this. First of all, you were a radio host, a radio producer. I just learned that. And you live in Florida, so I know you're smart beyond belief. But the reality is, why are there so few people that are interested in doing the right thing, regardless of the party, because this is something you do. You expose the corruption in both parties. Why is this a lost art? It's a great question, Sean. Uh, and I wouldn't say I'm, you know, that smart. I would say maybe I have a decent tan because it's like 75 degrees outside right now. Oh, baby, I'm, I'm south of you. So, I'm south of you. It's 80 uh, in Naples. Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, that's actually why we started uh, the Government Accountability Institute. Uh, back in 2012, because we realized that with the corporate pressures they were on media companies and them being beholden to shareholders, that their newsrooms were being squeezed every turn. And so what was happening is they no longer had the resources to devote to independent investigative journalism. And so the corrupt political actors and their corporate business partners necessarily and gleefully profited as a result. Uh, and so that's why we set about to do things like write uh, books like Secret Empires. And thank you very much for the praise uh, of that work. You'll note that that work actually is what helped break the Hunter Biden story. Uh, I love that you phrase China's investment in members of the elite ruling class in the United States. Notice it transcends political parties. They have an intentional strategy known as elite capture, where they want to partner with people like the son of the former vice president, the son of the current president, the family of the Bushes, uh, the people that run Chicago, right? They invest so heavily 
city of Chicago so that when it comes time to question their motives, no one can make an objective assessment because everyone's in on the tape. Um, you know, and that's actually something that we've worked consistently to do. I, I actually worked a lot on the book before uh, Secret Empire is called Clinton Cash, which exposed the overlap of relationships between people that donated the Clinton Foundation, people that paid for Bill's speeches, and then people that got favors from Hillary Clinton's State Department. That work, which we did at the Government Accountability Institute, we actually partnered with media outlets like the New York Times, Washington Post, ABC News. We gave them our reporting. They took it. They built upon it. And they reported on it and it became a major scandal, a major story that impacted the 2016 election. And then mainstream news outlets said, oh, wait, tell the truth about political corruption of a certain kind because it might lead to political outcomes we don't like. So they stopped doing it. And so and when they stopped doing it, then the political people on the left continued to be able to do whatever they wanted to do, which is why Hunter Biden got a $1.5 billion investment deal with the Chinese government and nobody blinked an eye. And that's one of the reasons why we sit where we are today. It's a great question. Eric, Chicago is where I'm from. I grew up in a, in a neighborhood right outside of it. A neighborhood at the time was a wonderful neighborhood. But one thing is for certain. Everyone in Chicago understands the word clout. They pretend that it is a mafia related, a good guy mafia, and they run things smoothly. But the reality is there's also an underbelly to that mafia, and that is the ideology of communists, the ideology of Marxists, Clinton, Daly, Pritzker. These are oligarchs in the system. They are legacy, third generation, second generation, Merrick Garland. They all come from the hub of what is Saul Alinsky's playground, because Saul Alinsky was the true genius. He understood how to have the relationship between a capitalist-driven mafia and an ideological-driven collectivism. And this is what we're living in. And that's why it always tracks back to Chicago. Chicago is the nucleus of government mafia. And they play both sides of the, f of the fence. There are Republicans and there are Democrats. My problem is this. Why is the rest of the country accepting this open and notorious pay-to-play scheme that is our government? 537 whores whose pimps are communists uh, and Marxists, whether they be Russian, Ukrainian, or Chinese. Can we break it? Well, I would say this. I think Chicago is certainly the business model for corruption and being able to enact whatever political outcome you find to be the most expedient. Um, you mentioned that uh, I, I worked for a decade in radio, and that's true. Um, one of the things I've also done in the last few years, I actually wrote a book on election fraud that came out back in 2018. And uh, so I only say that to say, like, it's widely accepted that Chicago swung the 1960 election yeah. for JFK over Richard Nixon. And everybody's just like, okay with it. Everybody's like, yeah, they got him that time. <laughs> the cemetery yeah. vote. Queen uh, of heaven. So, like, so Ch <laughs> yeah. Chicago has been able to make that happen uh, consistently. And you're absolutely right about the underlying nature of the communist mentality. Actually, in Peter Schweitzer's most recent book, Red Handed, which also talked about the influence of China in other aspects of American life, we have a whole chapter on Silicon Valley, people like Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, Bill Cook, uh, all these people, these, these high-level tech executives, and they're all fascinated but obsessed with the Chinese Communist Party. Mark Zuckerberg, President Xi, the chance to name his child. Um, other people hold quotes of great you know, communist leaders' quotes on their desk. And so because it, what appeals to them is the idea of having central authority. 
one person, one governing thing can make everything happen. You said 537 people kind of on the take. Ideally, the decentralized nature of American governing society is supposed to be the strength. That's one of the strengths of our elections, right? It's harder to swing or rig one election because there are a bunch of different smaller elections everywhere. So ideally, it would be harder, it should be harder to buy off the American government because you have to buy off so many people. But as you noted, when people are dedicated enough and you have a coordinated machine like the Chinese Communist Party, then you're able to be much more effective at it. And that's how you're able to systematically win relationships with people like Hunter Biden, people like Paul Pelosi, people like the people that are in the years of everybody making key decisions in not just American government, but every aspect of American society. The Silicon Valley stuff, they literally impact what you see. People don't realize that American movies now, Hollywood, is so on the take. They won't even make movies anymore that won't appeal to a Chinese audience. So it's like censorship on the front end. So you're absolutely right. I think it's important that you tell the truth. Programs like yours, patriots like you, people that are willing to do investigative research like we do at the Government Accountability Institute, all we can do is report on the truth and bring it to light and hope that the American people listen to it and believe it. And it's through that reporting that the crucial knowledge is needed and can be understood. And one of the things I learned in... uh I think it's red-handed, was the relationship between Wall Street, Fink, for example, uh, and the Chinese Communist Party. How many people realize how many of the American oligarchs have an honorary title in Beijing University or wherever the hell they're calling their communist college? How many people understand the interworkings between the American oligarch system, which unfortunately and unequivocally it is, and how they are held harmless from the laws that would put you and me in prison. No, that's exactly right. Um, you know, I think that's really one of the keys, and Peter makes this point. I think it's an important point to make. First off, how many people know it? More know it now because you just said it. More people know it because of the success of Red Handed, which was a runaway commercial smash, number one New York Times bestseller. But I think more people still need to understand the breadth and scope of the Chinese investment in swaying American influence. Um, because the reality is, is that you, we cannot do in China what China does in the United States, right? In fact, J.P. Morgan, be, then being run, the Midwest division of J.P. Morgan was being run by Bill Daly, right? Brother of Richard Daly. Who was well, he's the only one that can read. If you know anything about the Daly brothers, they're morons. Hey, Bill is shrewd. <laughs> Bill is smart. Uh, he's also bald which tells you grass doesn't grow on a busy street when it comes to the short-in-the-pants Irish guys. But this seems to be a problem that never gets a solution. The people love it. Absolutely. The point I was going to make, and you know, I'll leave it to you to assess the relative intelligence of uh, the Daly Brothers, but when Bill was in charge of the Midwest for J.P. Morgan, they hired the son of the commerce minister of China. And this guy was not an elite scholar. He was actually the opposite of that. He, he was did, Hunter Biden. He did, had, yeah, he was, he was the Chinese version of Hunter Biden. He did the worst they'd ever done in interviews. Uh, he sent a sexually explicit email to human resource officers. Like, this is red flags all over the place. And J.P. Morgan says under Bill Daly, hey, let's get him. That's real fine for us. And so they hired him, and he was as part of a pattern of behavior that J.P. Morgan was engaged in, hiring the children of high-level executives. China does it all the time. It's one of the reasons why they put Hunter Biden on the payroll, right? I mean, Ukraine does it. It's one of the reasons why... Charisma, the gas company hired Hunter Biden. Other companies, other countries do this all the time. Uh, in the United States, it's illegal. It's a violation of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. 
and J.P. Morgan had to pay over $260 million in fines. But the point is the, the playing field's not level. China absolutely dictates terms for how U.S. companies and people can engage over there in a far different way than uh, what we permit people to do in the United States. And I think just starting to have an awareness that China is not a great business partner, right? China is an active threat. It's almost like if, if you had a friend that started dating someone, you're like, oh, man, they're, so, they're terrific. They're so generous. They pay for everything. They're so me-focused. They're always asking questions. Like, no, 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 no. They're bribing you and they're spying on you. And that's exactly what China is doing. And uh, I, I wish more people kind of viewed it through that lens. And all you have to do, Sean, is think about, you know, Joe Biden. We talked about the Hunter Biden relationship. Joe Biden decided to set up a Biden presidential center at the University of Delaware. The University of Delaware had never received any money from China before. But once the Biden Center was opened up at the University of Delaware, here comes seven figures worth of Chinese cash, some of it from anonymous sources. Like yeah. They have so much money and they spread it around, but strategically and intentionally to have the most impact. Well, they're pass-throughs of corruption. They're vestibules of of plausible deniability. And then they hire one of the moron Bidens or one of the moron Obamas. Because the other thing that is crucially important is that this really traces back to the legacy of corruption that has really took hold after Bill Clinton, during Bill Clinton and after. But it really started all the way back to old man Bush because it was through your book that I learned the Bush's version of Hunter Biden, a moron Bush named Prescott after the diabolical grandfather. He was on the same fracking payroll as Bill Daly and the rest of it, and it even throws David Axelrod in when he had the Hitler mustache, doesn't it? It absolutely does. You know, and, uh, and Prescott Bush is not the only Bush to take Chinese money. There's another Bush brother that, that's in on the deal as well, and I think it's really interesting to compare and consider the Bush family's um, foreign policy and diplomacy efforts towards China in that context. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's interesting to think about that the Clintons kind of were forerunners on this. And I think it's important to consider the Biden's actions now in the context of what they learned when the Clintons were in charge, but specifically when Hillary was Secretary of State. So Peter Schweitzer and actually both do a podcast together. It's called The Drill Down and your listeners, oh. if they're interested in more information like this, can find it at thedrilldown.com. But we did a recent podcast where we talked about how Obama's second term, or excuse me, Barack Obama's first term, Joe Biden's vice president, Hillary's secretary of state, Bill Clinton's speaking fees spiked dramatically. Despite the fact he's been out of office for eight years, all of a sudden he gets, I think, 11 out of 13 speeches that pay him $500,000 or more, all while Hillary's secretary yeah, all Yeah, 11 of 13 speeches all time. Somebody pays him <laughs> half a million dollars or more for happened by Hillary's Secretary of State, right? No, so Eric, I guess, as, in. as an investigative jur journalist, have you ever heard a $500,000 speech? Because I'd love to hear one. I mean, unless he's given us pickup lines, what the hell does he have to say that's worth anything, the crooked bastard? You know, I'm, a, I'm on a radio guy. So you know I can't sniff 500K. So uh, there's no chance of that happening. But no, absolutely right. And so the point is, is that the Clintons are cashing in while Obama's president and the Bidens are over there saying, well, wait a minute doing this and then so immediately after hillary leaves that's when hunter biden goes with bill or goes with uh, his father vice president to china they set up that first rosemont seneca investment deal and then it's kind of off to the races from the biden family corruption we now have reported in red-handed five biden's or multiple biden members of the family have engaged in at least five deals where they netted over 31 million dollars another number i'm sorry to say i haven't sniffed 
uh, in business relationships with people directly linked to the Chinese military and Chinese espionage. So uh, I almost feel like the Bidens learned how to do it from watching the Clintons while they're both in the Obama administration. So I always start my show, and I like to remind people that what sits at 1600 Pennsylvania is not just a usurper, but what sits there is an enemy of the people and an asset of enemies foreign and domestic. Your books have led to so many of the, the prima facie evidence that I base this on. Your books could be used as an impeachment themselves. All you have to do is drop one of them on the table and impeach this crooked bastard. Why is it that the Republicans won't do it? Is it because... So much of that information links back to the oligarchs like Mitch McConnell, whose wife didn't marry him for his strong jawline and his masculine ways, did she? You leave Mitch McConnell's jaw out of this. No, it's true. (laughs) The turtle out of a shell, the poor bastard. Yeah, she almost deserves the money. Uh, definitely not the strategic partnership that's netted both family members a uh, significant amount of money. Mitch McConnell was, has received a wedding gift from a lady child's father who ran a Chinese shipping company, uh, tens of millions of dollars at least based on the, the way the financial disclosures are reported. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Like it's, it's, the U.S. government is awash in corrupt Chinese cash. Um, I will say this. I think based on conversations that we've had, with people that I think uh, are now in charge because the Republican takeover of the House. I do think you'll see people hold hearings in the House Oversight Committee. They have subpoena power. They have the ability to investigate certain things. So they have signaled an interest in actually asking hard questions that, amazingly, when the Democrats were in charge, they had no issue in asking, hey, how come the son of the president does have business deals with entities linked to Chinese military? Oh, by the way, President Xi and his state of the union after his election to a historic third term that his number one priority is to make the Chinese military the strongest in the world. That's the band of steel. And so you've got China saying they want to be a threat. The Democrats never wanted to ask questions about why the son of the president was involved in deals connected to our greatest national threat. Now House Republicans might do that. Democrats never want to ask questions about, hey, this whole virus that sort of shut down American society for several years. Yeah. Where'd that come from? The greatest bioweapon ever released on mankind, funded by the American government. But here's our problem, too, brother. By this time, the Democrats had already impeached Trump once on nothing. We have your books. We have the prima facie evidence. Undeniable fact that what sits in the office is a mafia, not a representative republic. So when you talk to these guys, I mean, I know that it's great to watch them catch up. However, I don't want it to be a campaign fundraiser. I want them to impeach this crooked rat. Can it be done? As you noted, uh, people have been impeached for less. And here's a kind of a fun fact, Sean. I don't know if you, you realize this, but you're a very smart guy. And you live in Florida, so you probably do realize this. Yeah. But, um, you know, Cash, the book that we worked on that we produced, written by Peter Schweitzer, the Government Accountability Institute effort. It was actually used on the campaign trail by Donald Trump and his campaign surrogates to help prosecute the case about why Hillary Clinton was corrupt. Then Donald Trump gets elected, Secret Empires, which you referenced, comes out, in which we hail the Hunter Biden relationship with Burisma and the fact that Joe Biden was point person with Ukraine. That's actually what Donald Trump was asking about on the phone when uh, he's asking for information about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden with the Ukrainian president, that's what led to his impeachment. So actually, we sort of like to say at the Government Accountability Institute, research from our organization, this small organization in Tallahassee, Florida, has been used to get a president elected and impeached. 
So the point of it is, is that if you can take stuff from our book to get a president impeached one way, you can certainly do it another time. Eric Eggers, don't you ever give up hope. And when you find yourself in Naples, Florida, the cigars and the food is on me. You make it down here because you are an invaluable asset to the free-thinking people who love the principles of Americanism. That's what I love about it. You take them both on. Don't ever stop and tell Peter Schweitzer I love him to death and keep up the fight. You guys are both more than welcome. When you get your next book out, which I'm hoping is around the corner, please give me a shot at helping you sell it, will you? Sean, we absolutely do that. If people want to hear more about us, you can go to the drilldown.com, the podcast we do called The Drill Down. I would love to hang out with you in Naples, but I have to tell you, if we hang out and I have a cigar in one hand, Declaration of Independence will not be in my other hand, Sean. Just All right, a, I'll bring it. Don't worry. I got a couple copies. <laughs> Eric Eggers, thank you, brother, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So how does all of this happen when we have all of these agencies that are set up to investigate crime? How does it happen? Because those agencies have been corrupted themselves. I don't care who appoints them. The bureaucracy is what's corrupted. I always say there's a third of people in any organization, any institution, in mankind alone that stand for principles. The other two-thirds are pliable. That's the only explanation for what we now know is the most corrupt politician, let alone president, to ever sit in office. You said another name popped up. Whose name is that? Are they a relative directly tied to the family? Well, they're a Biden. Uh, I'm not going to disclose that new name because that uh, really changes things. Because uh, what we assumed was this was just about the president's son and two brothers. But now there's a new name that's emerged. So and and they are a Biden. So we've got a problem here uh, with respect to trying to determine what exactly this family was doing. Uh, to to receive these transactions from China. They were taking advantage of a political corruption model that has been perfected in the once great city, now sewer of corruption, Chicago. The FBI headquarters is a quarter mile from Mike Madigan's campaign headquarters. Fifty years. He was a mafia don, not a rep. Controlled the state, ruled the state, and everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. The dailies and the rest of it. All operating wide open, with no real investigation. And now when they got caught beyond the shadow of a doubt, when's the court date, Squirrel? Oh, a year from next month. The perfect crime. Uh, I also want to shift gears here regarding Judiciary Committee. I serve on the select subcommittee there, and this committee has made 50 different requests for information and documents concerning the operations and the actions of the FBI. And to date, the FBI has not complied with the Judiciary Committee's long outstanding request. And then that name Pritzker, that is in all of the investigative books that tie all the way back to the political corruption that everybody knows runs that city. He puts a million dollars in the coffers of so-called judges who sit on the Supreme Court. That's the perfect crime.
for informations and documents. The FBI is accountable to Congress and, by extension, the American people. Responding to this routine oversight is the bare minimum. And today, the FBI failed to send a witness to the Judiciary Committee hearing saying that we had this hearing happening. Can you commit to sending a witness before the next Judiciary Committee subcommittee hearing on March 28th? We're happy to work with you on making sure we Can make you commit to available. provide a witness? We will, of course, make people available to the committee. But you didn't make people available today. This well, is the base minimum. The agencies need to provide witnesses. Can I get a commitment? Yes, you will provide a witness. We will work with you to make people available. That's not a yes. So for the American people, you are having the FBI director refuse to provide a witness. Just say I'm yes. Not, I'm not refusing to provide a witness. I want to be clear on that. I said we will work with you to make somebody available. So, great. So someone will be made available. Yes. Yes, thank you. That's all I want. Congresswoman... Stefanik has more testicle fortitude than 90% of the Congress non-birthing people. You see, these idiots work for us. I want answers. I want them now. How was this all allowed? And if you can't tackle some two-bit, short-in-the-pants gangster in Chicago, how are you going to find out about the greatest bioweapon that forever took away the principles of freedom? And Americanism. We've got new details to share with you today about an investigation into U.S. funding of a Chinese research lab in the city at the center of the pandemic. It's raising questions about how closely past administrations were following the use of the money. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Harridge joins us from Washington with more. Good morning, Catherine. Squirrel, you want to get the cherry on the FU Sunday? Do you know that we paid for the Wuhan lab twice? Good morning, Michelle. Sources tell CBS News an investigation of this complexity could take at least six months to reach a conclusion about whether U.S. government agencies were billed twice for projects in Wuhan, China. The probe kicked off after new information came to light from Congress. We are collecting evidence here um, and collecting facts. Former- how much evidence, how much facts do you need? Impeach this crooked bastard now. Now, tonight. Kevin, Las Vegas. John, what's going on, bud? Not much, Kev. How are you? Good, good. Um, just felt obligated to call in today. Uh, the uh, spokesperson for Depends should be landing here in a couple hours. And uh, Is he going to visit the Mormon Mafia? Harry Reid's Mormon oh, Mafia my, in Nevada? I, I know. I can't believe the airport. I mean, the Karen that got canceled, changed the airport name and everything. Unbelievable. But, uh, yes. uh, why, why, do you, why do you think he's here? Is this uh, maybe a little early... Um, kind of a, I know it's real early to talk about campaign stuff, but I mean, is Nevada slipping away a little bit, does he think? Oh, he's got to kiss the ass of Harry Reid's crooked kids. By the way, doesn't it bother you that Harry Reid right now is Jesus Christ on another planet? Everything right now bothers me, pretty much. It bothers me. Well, I can't wait for Mitt Mitt Romney to be Jesus Christ of the next planet, and they could have war. It would be great. No, I, I, and also I, I know you. Uh, I know you already have a guy on the street, but you need another one. I mean, you got. You want me to attend this meeting? See what we can do. What's Kevin, going on here? I don't want you to have to throw your shoes away. And if you walk into a Democrat meeting <laughs> in Las Vegas, it's going to take you forty-two showers to get clean. You stay out of there. You're too good for these rat Democrats. Thank you, Kevin, in Las All Vegas. Right. You're right. You're Thank right. you. Bye. Yeah. And I like to bet the hard numbers. I don't like anything easy. Not even dice. Give me a hard eight, squirrel, and you roll it soft. You know what happens. Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, what's up? Not much, buddy. What are you doing? Oh, well, you're calling a, here's, later and later. 
Funky Town at Robert's house. Go ahead. More like uh, Robert's working and coming home and eating late. That's probably what it is. <laughs> I picture you in one of those short satin robes. Go ahead. Yeah, right. Um, no, you were talking earlier about Michael Manigan. My prediction is Michael Manigan's going to walk, and here's why. His associates <laughs> are going to go down no. the tubes. He's going to walk because he's bought up too many of these judges and all that, and he's got dirt on him. Yeah. And it's he, even money, the case gets thrown out. He doesn't even go to court. I mean, he's 80 years old. What are you, nuts? He's been robbing you since he was 30. I know. It's fracking awesome. And who's going to vote against him? All the welfare roaches that he gave jobs and pensions to? Of course nah, not. Nah, it's the perfect crime. Good news uh-huh. is, compared to the dailies, he's smart and good-looking. Thank you very much, Robert. Freaking morons. I can't stand them. I can't stand any of them. But I want to know about the weapon. I really do. Because we're going to find out that the founding father of the greatest bioweapon ever has got a pickle for a nose. and has been a Democrat for as long as Mike Madigan has been pretending to be a representative. Federal investigator Diane Cutler spent two decades combating white-collar crime and health care fraud. During the pandemic, Cutler turned her attention to U.S. government grants that supported coronavirus-related research in China. We've got the evidence. Don't be sidetracked, especially from some dimwit who did this, which I think is kind of funny. Much Jonathan Wall knew this morning, the nation's longest living president and Georgia native Jimmy Carter asked President Joe Biden to deliver his eulogy. Carter is currently under hospice care at his home in Plains. Now, yesterday, President Biden said Carter asked him to do his eulogy following his death during a fundraising event in California. Biden quickly stopped speaking on the subject and said, quote, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Oh, God. Jimmy told me after I die, would you please tell the people about how I was the second worst president in American history? 312-642-5600. You're fired. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. That's just wrong. <laughs> Honey Bunny is laughing in my ear. I got to do a show. Guys, this is fun, though, isn't it, this is. I remember when this song was new. What year did this come on? 312-642-5600. All right. So the answer by the Democrat mafia is lies. Lies and lies and lies. Here's a good one. And this was recent, right, Honey Bunny? I know he said it on the campaign trail. I think he did it again. I was a senior in high school, and my dad was dropping me off. I remember about to get out of the car, and I looked to my right, and two well-dressed men in suits kissed each other. So what? I kissed my grandfather. I kissed my uncle. I kissed my cousins. Every time I see him, I'll kiss you, squirrel, next time I see you. I will. I mean, they give each other a kiss. And I'll never forget, I turned and looked at my dad. He said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. It's... <laughs> In 1953, this is what his father, a swindler car dealer, this is what he said, somebody who lost the family fortune and had to go sell Pontiacs for the rest of his life. This is what he said. Simple. No, I'm not joking. Transgender kids is a really harder to thing. What's going on in Florida... 
is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. What he's referring to is that Florida passed the law that if you're under 18, you can't get a sex change. If you're under 18. You know, like the way the, the Democrats want it to be, if you're under 21, you can't buy a gun or buy a beer. They just said at 18, you, you shouldn't mutilate your uh, genitals. Just go by Pete Buttigieg's house. He'll do it for you. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to. Then explain to me the uptick in this whole transvestite movement. Explain the uptick, stupid. See, in the meantime, they could sell this swindle if it wasn't for a couple people pushing back against them. So what is the answer of the mafia members? Let's go to Fartman. He can save the day. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat. All right. Now, Swalwell has an idea how we can keep our soldiers motivated in fighting proxy wars and unjust wars to enrich the political whores back home like him, who dated a Chinese communist spy for a number of years while being married. Fartman. Well, again, I, I think about our troops and I, I've been all over the world and have visited our troops uh, in some of the. Did you visit the whorehouses like Fang Fang used to work at? harshest places and uh, nothing makes them feel more like home uh, than their access you know to american television programming and a, and a popular channel is fox news and uh, again I, I don't want to get in the business of telling troops what they can and cannot watch uh, but if you but i'm gonna you know the troops that are fighting for freedom for the enlightenment for unalienable rights yeah we need to censor them have a news station that a court is going to rule uh, is uh, in its evening hour, uh, you know, perpetuating dis and misinformation. Uh, I don't know if I disagree with both vets who is saying uh, that we need to take a look at, uh, you know, how this is being broadcast to our troops. I, I hope that's an incentive for Fox News to clean up uh, its evening hour. Uh, oh, fart man. I think the troops, most of all, should have all the information about how what they're fighting for is a mafia, is a lie. And as they fight and murder people they have no grievance with, they're doing it for political whores such as yourself, who are guaranteeing we implement the same kind of socialism, Marxism, and communism that you've been telling these boys to go die for and become murderers for. Because the last thing they need is the information to know exactly what you are, you political whore. To know what you are. That anybody with money can buy or sell your vote. That you're not a representative. You're a mafia, Don. That's what you need people to, to not know. And in the meantime, you don't need Americans to know what you're doing on other continents either. The crucial question is why this war was launched in the first place at a time when a peace agreement was signed. In our view, this was not really a Tigray People's Liberation Front's agenda, but essentially the agenda of Washington. The sad fact is... Sad fact is we have thousands of troops in Africa fighting for dictators while the people wanted peace, just like we do in Ukraine. And boy, oh boy, am I happy that Azov Nazi's dead. I love that. Wish my Uncle Mikey would have shot him. Shot a lot of Nazis in World War II. Now we fund them. I'll be back in 21 hours to expose more of the corruption and the mafia. Call it our government. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.